What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Hey, hi, hello, Hardwood Knox listeners. I am Dan Favalli coming at you with my super duper, incredibly esteemed, awesome times, awesome, fantabulous, spectaculario, thinks that you can build a top five defense around Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell co-host Andrew D. Bailey. Before we get started with some trade deadline primer craziness, uh, a ton of housekeeping notes. We obviously last week did not begin our, what we're, not calling, but we're just tentatively saying amongst ourselves the daily-ish mailbag. Um, the stuff with Kobe Bryant, it just didn't feel like the right week to do it, and we figured we'd let everyone uh, sort of just go through that week. Um, there's definitely a place to talk about basketball. We just decided to push it a week. Uh, we are going to start it this week, sort of. There will be one on Wednesday, and then we're probably not going to have one Thursday, Friday, because we will be releasing our trade deadline reaction sometime Thursday night. So that kind of takes up um, Thursday, Friday. But then we'll get back at it next week into more of a of a steadiness. Uh, we do not know if there will be one on Monday, which is something I didn't even mention to Andy just yet, because we are switching hosts from Sunday into Monday. Uh, so we're, we're not sure if we're going to be able to podcast that one. But rest assured, it's happening. Andy and I have talked about it. It is still happening and with that in mind please continue subscribing rating and reviewing to hardwood knocks on itunes you can also get us wherever else you are consuming your podcast spotify stitcher blog talk radio google play all that fun stuff subscribe rate review wherever you are listening to us at but itunes is still the best way to let us know that you're out there that you're listening it, it really really helps the pod when we can see those ratings and reviews go up so please keep them coming if you've if you want to be a superhero you can you know you're using spotify to listen to us you know subscribe to us there but also subscribe and rate us and review us on on itunes as well follow the show on twitter at hardwood knox follow andy on twitter at andrew d bailey you can follow me on twitter at dan favalli you can follow blue wire on twitter at blue wire pods i am running the account over there so you can be sure that the tweets will be wonderfully blissfully mediocre uh, also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com, search Hardwood Knox, and we'll come up. Subscribe, like all our videos or podcasts are being thrown up on there. Last but certainly not least, um, we just want to shout out this week's sponsor. That is Bet Online. You'll be hearing an ad read from them shortly, but thank you to them for making Hardwood Knox possible. Whew, that was a mouthful. Andy, how are you doing? I am doing quite well um ready to talk about trade rumors trade deadline trade this trade that um fun time of year for me and i think a lot of nba fans i'm excited to dive in i'm excited to do this basically who says no pod because this is the first year i think we've done it where i haven't like hit you with them on the side so it's gonna be cool to see you to see you going in blind so maybe we can get more of a genuine reaction other than this trade is amazing dan yeah, I got to uh, 
I've got the trade machine pulled up so I can input uh, your trades in real time and, uh, like you said, give some <laughs> hopefully fun reactions. There's a four-teamer that might bend your brain. Maybe I probably should have sent you that in advance because listening to I, it might be overwhelming. I think anything beyond two-teamers bend my brain a little bit, just to be honest. Yeah, same. Anything beyond two teams, maybe up to four players total, you lose me. Um, I, we did want to get to some of the, the hotter rumors that have been circulating, though. Uh, it was reported during the friggin' Super Bowl, which was fantastic, that the, <laughs> the Rockets were shopping Clint Capella um, to mainly a few Eastern Conference teams with the goal, with the intention of getting another big, but also a wing, and Robert Covington's the name that's been thrown out there. Uh, what did you make of that report? Um, I... I instantly went to like the list of all the player salaries in the league and was trying to find any teams that had a center and a wing that kind of added up to uh, Capella's number and needed a center. Um, and I had a really hard time doing it. And and I guess since the report, we've seen some more rumors about who might be interested in Clint Capella. I mean, the, the Hawks have come up. Um, I'm already blanking on who else um, – has has sort of surfaced as a potential Capella suitor, but we do this every time a big man is reportedly available. We, we just struggle to find teams where it makes a ton of sense. Um, and for the Rockets, it's interesting because they don't really have another center beyond Clint Capella. And they've been playing this sub six, six lineup for a while now um, with PJ Tucker at the five, and that's all well and good. And, fun in the regular season, but if you've got a seven game series against Nicole Jokic or Anthony Davis um, or, or some of the other big guys in the Western conference, it could be problematic. So um, it'll be really interesting to see if they trade click Capella, what, what they get back for him. I mean, are they going to truly go all in on the small, small ball that they've been playing? Uh, are they going to be able to find somebody else to fill, you know, conventional center minutes? It, it was just a, Interesting report, to be sure. I, w I don't think I was that surprised by it, though, because Houston always seems to um, – they're always ready to make some kind of trade. And at this point, that's that's the tradable contract is Clint Capella's. So I wasn't stunned that his name specifically was brought up. It'll just be interesting to see what they look like if he's moved. Yeah, I'm with you. The I think even Woj mentioned that would have to be multi-team scenarios because you look at the Hawks, they don't really have – things of immediate value to send the the Rockets. Although it was casually mentioned by Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer in his piece that if uh, if the Hawks do get Clint Capella, it's probably because they're getting rid of John Collins, which that I... That stuff makes no sense to me, by the way. that I, I heard that on some podcasts this week about how they're, they're hesitant to pay John Collins and they may trade him. Um, that, I, I just don't get that. I go back and forth. There's been there was some defensive improvement from him towards the end of last year, and he's had his moments this year. I just don't know unless you're going to play with a floor spacing five, who's also a, a really good defender at both the four and five spots. I do think it could get really tough to build your team around both he and Trey Young. Then, and then if you're bringing in Clint Capella, maybe you're just a little bit more comfortable knowing what his price point is going to be over the next few years, whereas John Collins is probably going to command 20 plus million dollars in his extension that it wouldn't, it shouldn't to me, it's not so much of an airtight case where if you're getting Capella now, you have to get rid of, of John Collins. I did, however, find it interesting that they may already be thinking uh, along those lines. Yeah, it's, um, I guess I just don't get it. I, I think John Collins is, 
really good. And and when you're at the outset of a rebuild, I think you want to hang on to young talent if you can. I mean, right now he's averaging 22, 12 and two per 75 possessions um, with a 63 true shooting percentage and a comfortably positive net rating swing. Um, uh, I mean, he, it's not hard to have a positive net rating swing on the Hawks. So let's yeah, make that that's, clear. that's fair. Um, I don't know. I just, just, odd to me. I, I I don't think that Clint Capella gives you a higher ceiling than John Collins does. I think John Collins can do a lot of the same things that Capella can do while also being a, being able to attack from the perimeter. It just, um, that, that whole thing is just bizarre to me. I don't know if he's the same rim runner or if you're going to count on him to be the same defender. I don't know I, it, who you would prefer long-term. I think it's Collins. Is I also fit. don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what Capella looks like without James Harden. Um, because I, a great deal of his offensive value is the fact that he's playing with one of the greatest pick and roll ball handlers in NBA history. So I, I think it's, I think it's fair to wonder what he's going to do if he doesn't have Harden spoon feeding him too. That's also fair, but Trey Young's also pretty damn good as well. So yeah, he's great. Um, I find I I just, it's strange to me. I find the Celtics interest a little weird because oh, that was the other team. Yeah, they, I, they can get. Capella's salary is manageable enough to where they can get there as part of whether it's a straight up thing or most likely a multi-team scenario, but they've always gravitated towards bigs who have a little pick and pop to them. And Mm -hmm. Capella's more uh, screen and dive. And I I just, I found it interesting that they'd be looking along those lines. I also don't think he helps you exponentially having to defend the beefier bigs that you, that you might contend with in the playoffs, a Joel Embiid in Philly, even if you want to throw, Al Horford in there. If you make it to the NBA Finals, does he help you against an an Anthony Davis? Uh, I honestly, I don't know if he helps you a lot more than a Daniel Tice. Than uh, Grant Williams played phenomenally against uh, Philly uh, when they beat the Sixers on Saturday night. I just found it curious. I guess if you can get him for the for the right price, but I do wonder how much better off they would be just looking at potential playoff matchups with Capella because it feels like he might be easier to play off the floor than some of their other options. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you that I was a little bit curious about the interest there too. I guess I'll go back to what I said earlier. I'm just, it'll be really interesting to see what Capella looks like um, in a different system. I can kind of get the fit in Boston, but I like their sort of three headed monster. They've got at center right now. Tice can do pick and pop. Like you said, Canner's a great offensive player. Um, I, I think Tice is a solid defender. And Robert Williams is interesting to me as your future, like rim runner, rim protector. I feel like they've got all their center bases covered um, with those three guys. So I, I don't know if it really raises their ceiling a ton if they wind up with Capella. I think you need to shout out Grant Williams as well. I will not stand to have his <laughs> name Grant Williams. absent from your analysis. Did you see we just got another rumor, by the way? I did not. Shams is reporting that now Miami's a suitor for Andre Iguodala. I don't know if that's shocking or not. Probably Look, not. if I was, let's get to Andre Godala then. That's a good transition. Yeah, do it. Uh, the report just came out that he is fine sitting out the rest of the season unless Memphis trade trades him to a team that he wants to be on. Uh, do we have a list of teams? I didn't see one in that report, or are we just assuming it's the Lakers and the Clippers? I think we're probably assuming at this point. I haven't seen a report either that says who it may or may not be. So – and then Stephen Curry with the clapback uh, posting on his Instagram story, uh, 
a picture of Igadala holding a, a championship trophy and then with the with the shush emoji. And I get it, like Igadala didn't ask to be traded to Memphis. At the same time, you can't be mad at Memphis for wanting to get value for him just because they already no. got a first round pick to house him. Like that's just the game. And if if anyone screwed Igadala, it's the Warriors by sending him to Memphis. And it yeah. seems fate complete that he's gonna go back to Golden State. Uh, next year anyway and so that makes it problematic for memphis to trade him i i think they could still get something if they send him to a team that's not on his destination and at this point you know how pro player i am and i'm i'm fine with players using their leverage but it just seems that we're giving igadala this pass you know the grizzlies have been a fun quality team this year and you know if i'm the grizzlies and i can get anything whatsoever for him i'm sending him anywhere but la at this point yep and I, I, I'm with you 100%. I feel like he's um, the pass that he's been getting is starting to go away, though. Uh, I was, um, I feel like it started even a little bit before all the Grizzlies players spouted off last night. I, I was starting to see, like, why, why are we... Uh, Dylan Brooks forever, by the way. That was a great quote. Yeah, I thought that was a great quote. Um, it, it is interesting to me that I guess he's earned this at this point in his career that he can just sit out and get paid 17 million bucks for it. Um, he's not the first guy to hold out in professional sports, obviously. Um, but yeah, the whole situation is just interesting to me. I, I was kind of a fan of all the stuff that the Grizzlies said last night. Um, so it'd be, that's, that'll be an interesting situation to monitor too. I don't think they have really any incentive to buy him out, especially if he's saying he's not going to take a, a discount in a buyout. Um, I say, hold on. And if nobody wants to give you even like a second round pick, just, you know, let him sit at home for the rest of the season. For anyone who just didn't see it, Dylan Brooks said a guy that's on our team that doesn't want to be on our team. I can't wait till we tr find a way to trade him so we can play him and show him what, what really Memphis is about. <laughs> just fantastic. I love that. There's, there's some spunk with those young Grizzlies, both on and off the floor. They're, they're uh, one of the funner teams. I mean, he basically told Andre Godala to fuck off, not in as many words. <laughs> and so absolutely here for it. Is anyone else concerned too? And this is, you know, when you get into with the Clippers give up their first round pick in a trade just to, if anything, keep him off the Lakers or even those Detroit seconds that they have are pretty valuable. It doesn't bother anyone that he's 36, 36. and probably yeah. hasn't played since June and probably leaving this summer. I just feel like that's not being talked about enough. He's 36. He hasn't played since June. He's had some injury. He's not like injury riddled for the last few years, but he's had to sit out some games for typical mid thirties type stuff with the Warriors. Um, I don't, I don't know how anybody can know what he's going to look like when he comes back. I, I think you're right on the money. That's something that should probably be talked about even more. I don't, I don't know how much he raises the ceiling for any team at this point. Yeah, he, if you can get him for a second or something, I think he definitely helps a contender. Yeah. Or maybe if you're my, Miami, since you said that Shams uh, reported they were interested, if you can get off one of your salaries for next year, uh, I don't know who you give up to grease the wheels of that deal. You know, are you is this a Jay Crowder, Andre Godala special where maybe you're giving up a James Johnson and then Justice Winslow, and like James Johnson is the the uh, excuse me, Justice Winslow is the wheels greaser to get off Johnson or maybe Dion Waiters. Uh, I don't know, but they basically have to match the salary dollar for dollar, if not save money on that trade. So that that yep. would be interesting. We're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. Missed your chance to bet on the Chiefs Niners in the Super Bowl? Fear not, listener. Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of year. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Baseball's opening day right around the corner, 
Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your best bets home with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Did you want to take us through, I know you're doing the rumor tracker for Bleacher Report, and there have been like eight different levels to the D'Angelo Russell rumors. Did you want to take us through the latest on that? Well, I, don't, I don't know if I can hit every level, but yeah, he was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> his name was all over social media yesterday. I think the Knicks at one point were reported to have interest. I think that was Shams and John Krasinski at The Athletic who reported that. Um, Kevin O'Connor reported that a deal was close and then kind of fell through when it got to the Warriors' hands. Um, that, by the way, that does not, that means that a deal was not close because the Warriors yeah, are the ones who have Angela Russell. Yeah, yeah. Um, he said that Robert Covington was going to Houston, Capella to Atlanta, picks to Minnesota, um, and then the Wolves were hoping to flip those picks for Russell and, and Golden State denied. So maybe it was just a flat out denial. Um, like you said, but yeah, he's, he's been all over the place as you were telling me before we started recording. And even yesterday, um, <laughs> I think it's probably difficult for some people to wrap their heads around why the Timberwolves want <laughs> D'Angelo Russell this bad. Like I get their desire, but, but maybe not this level of desire. I'll just say that he's been phenomenal offensively this season. Um, Basically, 27 points and seven assists per 75 possessions, four threes per 75 possessions, um, 38% from three, a slightly above average true shooting percentage. Um, he, he's an excellent playmaking scoring guard. His defense is still really, really bad. It, you know, take this for what it's worth, but the, the one number metrics like Raptor and real plus minus and all that kind of stuff hate his defense. And so... I think if you've got him and Carl Anthony Towns on the same floor, you're you're just going to get roasted on that end night after night after night. It, from from like a purely basketball perspective, I get it. I think it would be fun. Um, I guess you know Towns and Russell are friends, so there's that too. But I I think I'm with you, and I I don't really understand the the utter desperation they're displaying to get him. The defense with Towns and D'Angelo Russell would just be absolutely awful. <laughs> there and look the game in the tracker last night I, I can just imagine teams would play the wolves and just put those two in pick and roll over and over and over again yeah and look it maybe it changes uh once the timberwolves win again with towns in the lineup and uh also maybe he'll just be more motivated having d'angelo russell there but the, their monday night loss to the sacramento kings Colin yeah. Anthony towns particularly at the beginning looked about like his defense insulted trey young is pretty much where it was at at his, the beginning of that his game. Personally, but his 16th straight loss, by the way. That seems like a lot. He the the Timberwolves have lost the last 16 games that he's played in. But anyway, go ahead. No, that was that's all I have on that. I it would be <laughs> look, it'd be a fantastic offensive pairing. I just don't get the obsession for the Wolves. I ultimately don't think the Warriors give D'Angelo Russell up now because even if you get an unprotected pick this year. I just don't know how much that means in the 2020 draft. And it does seem like one, the Warriors want to see 
um, uh, an actual sample with Russell alongside Stephen Curry, and you're not even going to get a sample of him beside Stephen Clay. That being said, if the opportunity arises over the summer to trade him when they know where their pick falls, um, when you kind of see who else becomes available, are there any disgruntled stars? That just seems like the time for them to make that decision. And I also don't know what a package built around picks and young players does for them. They're a team that wants to compete again starting next season. And can you guarantee that they'll have one, the filler to flip um, for the next star player that, that comes on the market or are they even going to have like the assets? Is that, is that is like D'Angelo Russell, I think could end up being potentially more valuable in a trade for a disgruntled star than in let's say a top five pick in this year's draft. Maybe you need both and then you'll probably need more than that. But I'm just saying, if you're looking at it, just the assets in a vacuum, I think I'd rather have D'Angelo Russell than an insanely high pick in this draft. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to say top five, but I haven't done enough draft research to be like, you know, top three. I'd rather just have D'Angelo Russell than any player that comes out of this draft. I think that's totally fair. I haven't done a ton of draft research either i've i've only written a couple articles about it it does look like this has the potential to be a really bad draft class um like anthony bennett level uh, possibly so <laughs> so i you know when you hear about 2020 picks being thrown around in some of these trade rumors keep that in mind because i don't think a lot of teams are going to place a ton of value on 2020 picks yes i think like situations like marcus morris with the knicks that might be something where you're going to need to give up another prospect or pick in addition to a 2020 pick just yeah, because yeah. The, the draft is considered so shallow. Uh, Woj, this was late Monday night, I guess early Tuesday morning said that I did not, I, I'm just going to be honest. This is nothing to do with Woj did not understand this from the Pistons perspective at all, <laughs> unless they're worried about Luke Kennard, who has missed the the past 20 something games with bilateral knee tendonitis. If that's a legitimate long-term concern, I, I get them maybe shopping him. Um, the reported deal was, though, a package from the Suns that included Javon Carter, Elia Kobo, and a first-round pick. And so let's say it's unprotected in this year's draft. The Suns might end up in like that 7-10 to 10 range. I feel like Luke Kennard is more valuable than that. But again, maybe they don't want to pay him. He will be extension eligible uh, this summer. And again, the, the bilateral knee tendonitis, perhaps they think that Maybe there's something a little bit more sinister at play, in which case are the Suns then overpaying. I'm just the, – the fact that, one, I'm mad because I have a Luke Kennard trade and I thought I was being trendy because <laughs> he wasn't really mentioned in rumors before this. Uh, and I did that before the Woj report, but whatever. Uh, two, I kind of like it for the Suns if they get him. They can go with the no-point guard lineup of of Booker, uh, Kennard, Mikael Bridges, Kelly Bridge Jr., and then either Ayton or Baines. And I think Booker has proven that he has – uh, the, the playmaking chops to run a lineup like that. And I, I think their Twitter reaction, it's become clear that some didn't realize how well Luke Kennard is playing. He's someone who can't run full-time pick and roll, but he has some ball handling to him. He's not just this, this spot-up shooter. And so if you can get him for that price, I know the Suns aren't necessarily playoff bound, but I, I think I end up really liking that deal for them and, and don't necessarily understand the value Detroit would be getting back. Um. So I think my initial reaction to that rumor was just confusion. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really get it from either side. And then I started to write about it in the tracker. And I thought, you know what? I kind of like this for Phoenix. Um, it was interesting that most of the reaction I saw from Twitter was, oh, I can't believe the Suns are going to offer a first round pick for 
Luke Kennard. But again, if it's a 2021st um, in the late lottery, like that's fine. Um, I, I think the chances of somebody in the middle of the, the 2021st round being better than Kennard is uh, they're, they're not great. Um, and like you texted me last night, I, it was sort of a, um, a wake up call to how, how few, how many people don't understand how good Kennard is. Uh, he's not like a superstar by any means, but this is a guy who's averaging almost 18 points and five assists per 75 possessions, um, shooting almost 40% from three basically, I mean, virtually 40%, 39.9 true shooting percentage is well above average. Um, I just pulled up a, a comparison of him and Ricky Rubio and I, I too, as I was writing about it, I thought, man, that's kind of a cool position, this backcourt, Kennard and Booker. Um, and then I saw somebody report that they might have even been Woj. They wanted to play Rubio, Kennard, Booker, and Ubre all together, which I don't like quite as much. Um, but I think long term, a positionless backcourt of, again, Kennard and Booker is is really interesting to me. I mean, there's clearly going to be some defensive issues with those two and it's going to be compounded by, you know, not having a ton of other great defensive players around them, but offensively I really like the fit. But I guess if you're pairing them with, you know, Ubre can be league average on nights, Bridges is good, you have Rubio who can be feisty defensively and then Aiton's been better defensively this year and if you have Baines at the 5, you can put together a lineup where uh, and I don't think Kennard is just he's not as slow-footed as people make him out to be on the defensive end. But if you looking at both him and Booker's net negatives, there, there are pathways to surrounding them with three okay to good defenders anyway. And I think that that then works. I don't know. You've already paid Booker. Uh, then you're going to have to worry about paying Kennard after next season. And then DeAndre Ayton's right behind him. Um, Kelly Bridge Jr. is already on his next contract and it's short. So you're going to have to worry about paying him in a minute. Uh, you've given Ricky Rubio a little, chunk of change so this team all of a sudden gets expensive but just for the the fit the functional fit I actually think I'd really like Luke Kennard on this team yeah I think I would too and like I said it took me a minute to kind of realize that um but I as I kind of wrote through my feelings I uh, I figured out that I liked it too and I and I'm with you I don't really get it from Detroit's perspective I was thinking about the Pistons um a while back and you know i as I do with many teams, it's time to blow it up and start over. And I was thinking who would be untouchable on the Pistons. And I don't think there's a single untouchable, but the only names that I thought were close were Kennard and Dumbuya. Um, and so for Kennard to, to come up for that package that you outlined was a little bit surprising. The last rumor I have teed up before we get into the trades was the one from, uh, excuse me, uh, SNY's Ian Begley, uh, reported that the Hornets and the Knicks have talked about basically what amounts to a Rozier and Malik Monk for Dennis Smith Jr. and Julius Randle swap. <laughs> what is your reaction to that mega blockbuster? Um, ambivalence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Julius Randle, I was kind of like ready to jump on a Julius Randle bandwagon if there is one after last season. I, I kind of liked the way he played. Um, his shot selection, I don't love as much this season with the Knicks. I mean, I'm typically all for guys shooting more threes, but I think in his case, um, bully ball is is a was an important part of his offensive attack and something that made him good with New Orleans, and I think he needs to get back to that somewhere. Um, I think if he was playing with Devontae Graham, who who does space the floor, maybe he'd have a little bit more room to attack. Um, 
but I don't, I, this, this rumor doesn't really move the needle a ton for either team. In my opinion, I do think it probably makes the Hornets a little bit better. I don't know. I have no idea what it does for the Knicks. Um, for someone to swoop in and, and bail Charlotte out of that Rozier contract, which doesn't look as bad. As it's it the did same. Summer. He's fully guaranteed in year three, unlike Julius Randle, but they, they're both actually guaranteed the same amount of money at 56.7 okay. million. Um, but it's just, I, I don't know. It, it, it doesn't really move the needle for me either way as, as the diehard, um, loyal Knicks fan of the pod. How do you feel about it? Yeah, that's a, that's great. Uh, <laughs> I actually like it better for them because I think Rozier has shown that he can play really well off the ball when operating beside Devonte Graham. And so I could see a pathway to where Neil Aquina, RJ Barrett, Terry Rozier lineups actually fare pretty well. You know, Rozier can be feisty defensively on some nights. RJ Barrett has at least good positional size. And then, you know, Frank Neil Aquina is going to be a future hall of famer. So <laughs> uh, I, I get that. And I'm not, I've never really been a Julius Randall fan. I actually don't really understand it from the Hornets perspective. Maybe they really like, Dennis Smith Jr., but his fit next to Devontae Graham to me is harder to imagine yeah. than Malik Monk or Terry Rozier. And I've been out on Malik Monk for a while. Uh, it just, I think ambivalence, is, though, is Randall the, is, Randall's clearly the best player in that deal, right? I would say yes, but I also, for the Hornets, you have P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges, and yeah. you have Cody Zeller. Like, what are you viewing Randall as? Is he your starting five, or are you... Like, I, I honestly, I don't know what they would be considering him. And so that makes it even weirder to me because I don't, you can't get by defensively with him at center. And if you have him eat into the power forward minutes, are you out on Miles Bridges? Are you just cutting playing time for PJ Washington as well? Uh, maybe there's a way to make it work this season, just looking at the minutes distribution. But long term, I don't see those three players being a viable, you know, front court rotation together. Yeah, I think those are all. Fair concerns. Like I said, I don't. I don't think this is like an earth-shaking rumor or anything. Um, I can. I guess I can kind of see the fit for Charlotte, and I, now I kind of see the fit for uh, New York. Now that you've laid it out for me, do you have it? Do we miss any other major rumors? I know there's the Knicks are willing to trade Kevin Knox. The, the by the way, the Knicks are going to be the most interesting team at the deadline because there's like a zillion different things that they might do. They were linked to D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Woj confirmed that they have interest in Andre Drummond, which is still bonkers <laughs> to me. Uh, but they could also I'll tell you sell. What, they won't do. what they're not they're not going to trade franchise centerpiece Marcus Morris. L- look, I <laughs> I actually kind of well. First of all, Marcus Morris, uh, whole different story with uh, it. Just the Knicks are a disaster, and he can't even give post game interviews without uh, without the Knicks can't even give post game interviews without no. something happening or misog- yeah. misogyny coming off. Apparently, I kind of get keeping him if you're not getting more than just a very low-end first-round pick for this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek, but he's been he's been good for them. There's no question about that. There's just, But there are just so many different directions they could go. I, I wrote about this on Monday night, but this it, it's just I'm fascinated by them because we just assume they're going to make the wrong call, but what is the wrong call going to be? Are they going to buy? <laughs> are they going to do nothing? Are they going to sell? Uh, it's just are they going to sell the wrong player? Are they going to get the wrong player back? So I'm I'm very interested to see what the Knicks do. They call that, I believe, self-immolation. Or uh, apparently, I'm I'm a fan, a glutton for punishment or self-inflicted pain. Let's get to some trades, though. Are you ready to play some? Who says no? Yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna try and bend your brain right off the bat and get to the Clint Capella four-teamer that I came well, up with. 
I have two different versions of this based on whether uh, Minnesota would want to save money, but I was trying not to give them spoiler alert. Atlanta's involved um, Jabari Parker because they have, he has the player option for next year and I wasn't sure that they'd want him on the books. So I'll give you the first version first. Are you seated? Okay, go, go slow. Cause I'm going to update this in a trade machine at in real time. So I can see it. Atlanta receives Clint Capella. Wait, tell me the four teams real quick. Atlanta, Houston, Minnesota, and Phoenix. Atlanta, Houston, Minnesota, and Phoenix. All right. Atlanta gets Clint Capella and Nene. Atlanta gets Capella and Nene. Got it. Houston gets Robert Covington, Aaron Baines, and Noah Vonley. Okay. Houston gets uh, Covington, Baines, and Vonley. Yes. Boy, really, really testing my, uh, there we go. Okay. Now you're going to have to visualize these cause you can't input them in any sort of trade machine unless you're on the, the Oh, I can. Put the oh, there you go. All right. So Minnesota is going to get Evan Turner. Okay. Uh, okay. And Brooklyn's 2020 first rounder via Atlanta. It's lottery protected. Okay. There it is. They will get that's Minnesota. That's Minnesota. Yes. Okay. Minnesota's also getting Houston's 2022 first rounder. Woo. Okay. Minnesota's also getting Houston's 2023 second rounder. Okay. Got it. Phoenix is getting Jordan Bell. Okay. Phoenix is getting Jordan Bell, who I think should be playing more, but. Tabo Cephalosha, who I think should be playing more in Houston, by the way. Yeah. And I actually think he could help Phoenix. And then they're also getting. Via via Atlanta, OKC's 2022 first rounder, it's lottery protected, then turns into two seconds, 2024, and 2025. Okay, that goes to Phoenix? Yes. Okay. Is, is that it? That's should the I trade. Hit, should I hit trade? Okay, let's see. Woo! It went through. Um, now, my alternate version, it's easy to visualize, is that I just have... Um, Alex Len, Nene, and Parker going to Jabari Parker going to Minnesota because then they end up saving money this year. And um, that just impacts Atlanta's only getting Capella then. And so, so that I'd like that was just if they don't want to take on the, they're taking on a few million dollars with the, with the Evan Turner acquisition i saw you just sent me the screenshot of the of the wind projections i just this. i just want to make sure i got it right yes you did i have um in this version of the deal i think i added atlanta's 2021 second to minnesota when they were only getting nene len and parker i'm not entirely sure why i did that when i'm looking at my notes but that that is the four team deal as i'm, okay. I'm looking through it i actually like it i don't know if there was a team that was going to say no, I think it maybe might be Phoenix. But if you're getting – look, there's a chance that OKC pick conveys with the track yeah. that they're on. And I like Jordan Bell. Not saying you should play him next to DeAndre Ayton, but you shouldn't be playing Baines next to DeAndre Ayton either. I, yeah, I'm looking over, and I guess if the game is who says no, um, Phoenix was the first one that popped into my mind too, but I don't feel real strongly about that. I don't. I, I kind of like this deal. 
Um, oh, and I have now I'm understanding why I included another second to Minnesota if they took Nene, Len, and Parker because of Parker's player option. So you're essentially giving them they're saving money this season, but because Parker's probably going to pick up that player option, I think um, Atlanta throws in another second. And so whichever version is, is really fine with me. And then you're also eating up a roster spot or no, it's three for three. They're still giving up three. So I'm fine with whatever version. I just thought the Evan Turner one was cleaner and it still left Minnesota with some extra roster spots to maneuver with. Yeah, I like it. I, I say push it through. Um, Atlanta gets a player that they're after and Capella rockets get Covington and a big that I think makes sense for their system in Vonley. And then Baines is, I think he'd be good. And, Houston as well. Minnesota gets multiple picks for Covington, which sounds like that's what they're after. Um, Phoenix gets a pick and a young-ish player in Jordan Bell, essentially for Aaron Baines. I, I think this makes sense all around. The next one's very – it's so much easier. going to give you okay. an easy one here. The Pelicans. Okay. They get Tony Snell. You can already tell it's going to be a banger. <laughs> The Pelicans, it's the Pelicans and the Pistons, by the way. Do you need to fire up your, your trade machine to visualize hey, it? Since I heard Tony Snell, I knew because I know where Tony Snell plays. That's why you're on this pod because you have knowledge <laughs> like that. And then the Pistons get Darius Miller and either, or this wasn't either. I wanted to know if you thought, I was going to say Washington's 2021 second round pick. And I wanted to know if you thought they would also need the Pelicans' 2020 second round pick. I think they're saving mm. so much immediate money yeah. in this trade that the one second round pick is fine. And for people who just don't, I'm not saying don't watch Tony Snell, but think that Tony Snell doesn't help the Pelicans. He has a player option for next year. That's worth around $12 million. He's someone who can shoot the three ball. And if you've been watching the Pistons lately, he's running pick and roll and it's working. And so he gives you some um, positional size on defense as well. I think just when you're looking at the Pelicans, they have uh, Brandon Ingram coming up to restricted free agency. Maybe they'll look at keeping favors if they want to carry his cap hold. They have to worry about paying Lonzo Ball eventually if they want to keep him. Ditto for Josh Hart. They don't project as this massive cap space team this summer anyway. And so if you're worried about him picking up his player option, I actually don't consider that a concern. This trade might actually make less sense unless you're highly invested in making the playoffs this year, if you think he's going to opt out because then it's essentially a rental because I doubt you want to pay Tony Snell that much money long-term. Okay. Who says no? Um, I, <laughs> ah, geez, maybe the Pelicans, but I don't, I, I, I get the uh, logic for this deal for both teams. I don't think it's, I was going to say the Pistons. The second round pick. I was actually uh, going to say the Pistons because of how well Snell's been playing, but then I saw the return, I guess, but, that they're aiming for for Luke Kennard, and I thought, hey, maybe they yeah. need to give the Pelicans a first in this or something. Who knows? If they're, un if they're unloading and starting a rebuild, I, I'm sure that Tony Snell's not a part of their visions for the future. Um, and I'm not sure they're going to get much more than a second round pick for him. So if some team comes calling with a second round pick, I, I kind of get that from the Pistons' perspective. And then for the Pelicans... I think Tony Snell is a guy who looks better on a good team, like a lot of players, obviously. Um, and I think I think he would fit pretty well with the Pelicans. Um, they've, they've got some positionless potential, and I think he would fit in well there. So uh, this is another one. I think you're two for two. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That was uh, <laughs> That's just one. It seems like a needle-nudging trade for the Pelicans. And, yeah, again, yeah. for the Pistons, they're so close to the tax, save money. Obviously, they might be able to do that 
definitely not as part of a Luke Kennard trade, but maybe as a Derek Rose trade. Uh, still, this seems just something. I want to see the Pelicans be like mini buyers, uh, just because I'm, I'm fascinated by them as well. Are you ready for another brain-bending one? Um, potentially. I have this written in as two separate trades, but I'm actually looking at it. I think the, a three-team framework works, so I'm going to give you the three teams so that you can punch them in. Okay. The Clippers, the Kings, and the Magic. You have no idea where this is going, do you? No, I don't. I really don't. Okay, okay. so the Clippers would receive Bogdan Bogdanovich. Okay. Aaron Gordon. Okay. Kem Birch. Okay. Got it. Sacramento is going to be receiving Rodney Magruder. Mr. Magruder. Okay. To Fiondu, Sacramento. Cabangeli. Okay. The Clippers 2020 first round pick. Okay. Detroit's 2021 second round pick. Okay. The Orlando Magic are going to receive Mo Harkless. Hey, back to Orlando. Montrez Harrell. Okay. Jerome Robinson. Wow, the Clippers are unloading here. And I have penciled in Detroit's 2023 second round pick. I'm not sure whether it needs to go to Sacramento or Orlando. My gut says Orlando because Harold's going to be a free agent. And this whole thing rides on whether they think that they seem committed to having Mo Bamba as their backup five. And so do you think that Harold can play next to both him and Vooch, you know, whoever's on the court for them? I question that fit, but they really could use that just offensive stick of dynamite that Harrell is. Okay, so that's the framework. Pushing it through. Successful. It did. I had it as uh, two separate trades because for some reason I thought it might not. I'm assuming the Clippers are willing to pay the tax after this. They are literally unloading the clip of assets. And yeah. what they need is probably another playmaker, uh, maybe another ball handler, and definitely to maybe upgrade their front court minutes, they're not going to find that on one player, but Gordon comes pretty close because I think he can play the four or the five for them. He can at least try to handle the ball, um, but he's not an, ex- he might be an underrated playmaker, but he's not an exceptional one. I would be very interested for this. And then you're getting that playmaking shooter in Bogdanovich. Okay. So my initial thought is, Maybe L.A. because I, I just think Harrell's been really, really good for them. Um, I have zero desire to pay him. That's understandable. He He's like, I don't know. I just think he's been phenomenal this season. I get the concerns that a lot of people have laid out that he's maybe a little undersized come playoff time. Um, and I think even though Harrell's been better this season, I think it's fair to say that Gordon has more um, versatility and, and maybe more upside. Kem Birch gives you a bigger body that you can use in the playoffs. And I yeah, I think the fit with Bogdanovich um, would be really good with the Clippers. Um, for the Kings, I, I get it. You're getting multiple picks for Bogdanovich if you don't want to pay his next contract. I think that's a decent haul, although we've, we've already laid out the problems with the 2020 first. Um, right. But if they do want to move Bogdanovich and, and, and somebody offers them a first-round pick, I think they'll have to think about it. Um, I also, part of this was, I know people might view Magruder as a net negative. I actually think he's better than he's shown 
this season. And so that's why he was sent to the Kings because he can soak up some of that. Doesn't have the size, but is a better defender and can soak up some of the minutes that Bogdanovich leaves behind. The more I think about it, the more I think it might actually be Orlando. That's the team that I had penciled because it, it basically prided upon the fact that they don't want to pay Aaron Gordon anymore, and they think that Montrez Harrell is this good long-term fit with them. Yeah. I think Gordon fits better next to Vucevic a little bit, but Vucevic being able to play outside is yeah. – I think you could start Harrell alongside him, honestly. Um, so so maybe I, – I don't – I think if I had to pick one team that says no, it'd probably be the Magic, even though this system says that they're getting the most <laughs> wins um, out of this deal. It, it's, uh, for whatever it's worth, it says minus two wins for the Clippers, minus one for the Kings, and plus three for the Magic. Um, but I I, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've got to like digest these trades and look them over for a while before I see what I really think about it. The more I look at it, the more I like it for the Clippers. Um you know, if they came out of this with Bogdanovich and Gordon, I think that raises their ceiling a little bit. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna push it through with the caveat that Orlando might say no. I think they. I'm at the more I thought about it, I thought that Orlando would say no. Maybe you know there are there's framework where they get to keep Ken Birch, but I don't know how important that is if you're gonna have Vooch and Bamba and uh, Harrell anyway. But they would be the team I'd circle. I do have a less complicated one for the Clippers though, and it involves okay. the Grizzlies. Yeah. If you need to fire that up. Clippers and Grizzlies. Got it. Grizzlies get Harkless, Robinson, Magruder. Harkless, Robinson, Magruder. Okay. The Clippers 2021st. Okay. And Detroit's 2021 second. Okay. And they would give the Clippers Igadala and Jay Crowder. I, okay. See, um, this one says the Clippers are getting six hundred and sixty-seven thousand too much, but I don't know. They can, I, I don't know about the accuracy of this trade machine. Sometimes, um, I, I might have but, done my math wrong, but they can. They have other smaller salaries like Terrence Mann that say, they could six, send through to make it work. Six sixty-seven thousand is easy to clear. Um, so I don't think that would be a holdup. So, um, I like it. The only problem is you're using your best asset, that first round pick, to, and you're not addressing the center situation, but that's maybe something you could do on the buyout market. Yeah, and I'm not as concerned about their center problems as other people are. I think they have so much talent on the wings, and this beefs that up a little bit. Like, if Jay Crowder can spend some minutes on tough perimeter assignments and save Leonard and... Paul George from that task. Same thing with Iguodala too, by the way. Um, I think there's just so much talent and versatility on the wings that I'm, I'm not as scared about the um, post presence of the Clippers as other people are. Um, Yeah. I think this makes plenty of sense. And I don't, I, I think we've probably talked about this a few times on the pod. Um, I don't think the list of offers for Iguodala is going to like, blow Memphis's socks off. So if someone wants to offer a first, even if it is in in 2020 and it is coming from the Clippers, I think that's something they'll probably have to think about. And I think the incentive here for the Clippers to give up those picks is because you're also getting Jay Crowder and, and his bird, right? So even if you lose Andre Godala, you're not, this isn't strictly a rental. Yeah. I think Crowder would help them for sure. He's a, he's a bad shooter. Um, 
But the fact that he takes so many forces defenses to at least pay attention. And I think his defensive versatility is just fantastic. Um, him as the small ball four in Utah the last couple of years was a really big part of their defensive uh, prowess. So I, I think this trade really helps the Clippers for sure. I have another simplistic one that I think is going to anger Lakers fans because they're not getting a star. But the more okay. I thought about them, even the it's the it involves the Lakers and the Pistons. But the more I thought about the Lakers, I just they have as John Hollinger wrote for the Athletic, they could do the stepladder stuff where they trade three for one to get get Gil, kid Gilchrist and then go after. Igadalo or go after a Marcus Morris. I just don't know if they have that in them. And you're not going, you know, even a Derek Rose trade, I find it hard to come up with one that where they don't include Kyle Kuzma. And I don't know that they want to include Kyle Kuzma for for Derek Rose. Uh, I also don't know that Derek Rose is the cleanest fit when you look at his shooting. I know they could really yeah. stand to beef up the Rondo minutes. Um, that's still a concern. So I thought I went a little bit smaller here. And I think the Lakers come off substantially better still. Are you ready? I am ready. Detroit gets Quinn Cook and DeMarcus Cousins. Okay. They are also getting Los Angeles's 2023 and 2024 second round picks. Okay. 2023 second, 2024 second. And they are sending the Lakers Markeith Morris and Langston Galloway. Morris has a player option for next season worth $3.4 million. Where is there he is? Okay, let's see. Yeah, I think that helps um, the, the Lakers th- a lot. The thought process for the Pistons is they're restocking just some of the second round pick chambers. They're further, they're far enough out where you can just at least think, well, where are the Lakers going to be? They have Anthony Davis, but LeBron's going to be older. Um, you're also saving four more than four million dollars, so there's wiggle room under the tax. And this isn't Derrick Rose. This isn't Luke Kennard. These are two players in Galloway and Morris who most likely do not factor in to your long-term plan, and so there's not some huge opportunity cost. And maybe Quinn Cook can see the floor in Detroit when Galloway's gone, given how injured Reggie Jackson seems to be all the time. I'm not saying he's this by far keeper, just there, and I'm assuming Demarcus Cousins would be would be waived at some point. But I think it's it's I think it's enough for them uh, to think about it. The Lakers do have Talon Horton Tucker. Though, in that scenario, I might throw him on top of the picks and see if they would do Markeith Morris and Derrick Rose, who makes the same as Langston Galloway, um, for those two seconds and Town Horton Tucker. That would be the, the framework of the if they're giving up Derrick Rose. Um, I, I really like it for the Lakers. I, Galloway shot the ball well. I think Markeith Morris has got some potential as a stretch five. Um, Stretch four, excuse me. Um, and I don't think, I don't know, I can't imagine many teams are going to line up to give a first for either of those guys. So if they're going to get multiple seconds, I think Detroit would have to think about it. So well done. This is another logical trade. Are you ready for, is this one considered? It's it's semi-complicated because it has to be two separate trades between the Blazers and the Grizzlies. Um, okay. Blazers and Grizzlies. Uh, this is one where it was basically the Grizzlies are sending Andre Godala just somewhere that he doesn't want to go. So the trade is the 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 Blazers are getting Bruno Caboclo, who's injured. This is for salary purposes. Uh, okay. Andre, Andre Godala and Jay Crowder. Okay, got it. Um, the Grizzlies are getting – this is where it gets complicated. Hassan Whiteside, who's who's been genuinely good 
He's been good the past few weeks. Rodney Hood, who has a player option for next year that he's probably going to pick up after tearing his Achilles. Okay. They're getting a 2021st from Portland lottery protected for the next three seasons before it would turn into two seconds. Okay. They're getting a 2022 second from Portland. Okay. They're getting all of the cash that Portland can give, which is 5.6 million, which essentially offsets the difference in salary here. Wow. Okay. Um, I would hesitate if I'm Portland, just because like you said, Hassan Whiteside has been kind of legit for them this season. His net rating swing um, is, is, Maybe looks better than or what? What am I trying to say? Maybe it's a little bit artificially inflated because he plays so much with Lillard, um, but he's about the only healthy center on the roster right now. So I'm not sure I would want to do that, and especially if if Iguodala's not listed the Blazers as one of his preferred destinations. Um, I don't know. I, I guess if they get Yusuf Nurkic back, it makes a little bit more sense. But uh, I'm, I'm going to say the Blazers probably aren't keen on this one. So the deal that went in tandem with this is that the Blazers would then would also trade Mario Hazonia to into Memphis's trade exception or just you know the minimum exception. Um and then Portland ends up ducking the tax entirely this season uh, as a result yeah. of this trade. Yeah, that makes sense because it is kind of a stopgap year for them. Um that's yeah, that's a big consideration. So that makes it a little bit more palatable for the Blazers, I think. Um and Igadala even if Portland's not on his list of preferred destinations, I think if you're going to a team with Damian Lillard, it'd probably be harder to say no. I'm going I'm to sit out the rest of the year. Um, I still think it would be tough for them to lose basically the only center they have and someone who's been good this season. But I, I can... I yeah, can with Scal injured too and Collins injured, yes, I, I get that thought process. Uh, I have to, you have to roll, so I have two quick ones. Uh, okay, this, th- this one, I don't even know if it's worth punching in because it's two separate trades as well um so i i wrote it down in some though so the two separate trades boston would end up with cody zeller and Dwayne bacon okay charlotte would end up with romeo langford vincent poirier ennis canner and then boston's 2021st uh first round pick for cody zeller cody zeller's a plus minus superhero even though he's injured all the time no, he was really – the lineups with him and Kemmer Walker were great for a while, and I do like Cody Zeller. Um, they, look, Boston I also – like what Canner's been doing for Boston this season, though. Is that crazy? I don't think it's crazy. Uh, if you get Cody Zeller, who's going to give you more defensively, I would think that that – Defensively, and he's, he's probably a better role guy, too. You, if you think a first-round pick because they're getting Langford is too high, Boston has a 2022nd. It's going to end up being Brooklyn's. Yeah. I, it's interesting. Um, I just don't know if Seller is that much better than Cantor. That'd be my hesitation on that one. That's fair. Um, the last one I have is one that I'm like rethinking in real time because it involves Luke Kennard, but the Detroit Pistons rumor got me. Uh, it's actually not the last one I have, but we we both have to go. The The Detroit Pistons rumor with Kennard, I don't really know what it takes to, to get him. Like Maybe it takes less than we think. I initially thought that it would take, I'll say, a small ransom. So I had Philly... Uh, sending them Zaire Smith in addition to their first round pick this season and Atlanta's, um, or excuse me, the 2020 second round pick 
uh, excuse me, 2021 second round pick from New York. Um, I like that deal. Zaire Smith hasn't played for the Sixers really at all. I do uh, think we need to remember that he almost died like 18 months ago or whatever it was. And I, I still think he has some upside. And so if you're the Pistons and you get a wing under cost control for a couple more years, plus two picks, I, but I'm looking at this and unless you think that Zaire Smith is just completely done, it, it almost feels like Philly's giving up too much based off what Detroit would be getting from the, the Phoenix trade. Or maybe it's about even. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I actually really like that for Philly. I don't think a 2020 first-round pick does them a ton of good. And like I said, Zaire Smith hasn't really played for them. And they get a guy who can theoretically do a lot of the shooting and, and floor spacing that Reddick did for them last year. But I also think he's better on the ball than Reddick's ever been. Um, I, if, if I were to pick a team that might hesitate, it would be, um, Detroit because I, I think you've seen a lot more from Luke Kennard than you have from Zaire Smith and they're in a similar age range. So, um, unless they really just, you know, they're scared of the knees and they don't want to pay the next contract. I think Detroit would hesitate, but I get the logic from both sides on this one too. And yeah, so the the first round pick was the OKC one, not Philly. So I, I misspoke oh, okay. there. Um, the also so up a little bit, but not a. I mean, still middle of the first in this draft isn't going to be great. Well, so it's top twenty protected, which I think is the complication. Uh, okay. And so what the initial deal? I also had them giving up. It's a 2023 second round pick. In addition to all the other picks, that's going to come from Atlanta, Charlotte, or Brooklyn. It's the most favorable and so that was the maybe that's the framework still then because if you're even hesitant for detroit i think it's those the 2021 from new york the 2023 let's say charlotte will be the worst team so let's say 2023 charlotte's pick okc's if you want to call it a fake first um and i mean philly also has a stockpile of of other seconds too i mean so that would be the the general framework of that deal yeah, I don't mind it. I, I love it for Philly. Um, yeah, I think uh, you, as usual, have hit a bunch of potential trades out of the park. This is your wheelhouse. That's fine with me. Uh, they're they're fun <laughs> to come up with. People will hate them. I think everybody disagrees. You think we undervalue your players, overvalue everyone yeah. else's. That's fine. But those were just the, some of the machinations that are moving through my mind at the moment. I love it. I've got some screenshots saved that I'll put up with the uh, links to the podcast later. Uh, and if you want to yell at Dan for these fake trades or my reactions to them, um, you can find Dan on Twitter at Dan Favale, F-A-V-A-L-E. I'm at Andrew D. Bailey. The show is at Hardwood Knox. The podcast network is at Blue Wire Pods. As always, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. If you've already done that, tell your friends, family, neighbors, acquaintances to do so. And until next time, we leave you with a shout-out to Benno Udry and Kyle Anderson.